It's right there. <laughs> okay, I hope everybody is doing well. We are, let's see, in the introduction. And we are up to page... Are we up to eight or ten? I'm not sure if we left off on page eight or page ten. What's on nine? It does not. Okay. Okay, we'll be on page eight in the blue book. Page eight, and it's in the middle of the page, the break in the paragraph where it says "Oh Hanimtsa." Could it be that we'll find time to do all other types of inquiry and thought? And for this area, meaning of Avodas Hashem, Ava, and Yura, we won't find any time. Uh, Mrs. Fran, do you need a safer? Yes? Okay. Great. Again, page eight. Oh, this one, this blue one. This blue one's in page eight. Page eight. If not, we're in the Hakdam. I wish I could tell you where it is in your book, but I can't. <laughs> but it's five, half, a little more than halfway into the Hakdam. Yeah. Oh, Hanimsa. Same page? Okay. Why would a person not at least devote some time into looking into areas of Avodas Hashem? If you are compelled with other parts of your time to look into and study other things, so some devote some of our time to learning Avoda and doing Avoda. Vihine hakasuv omer heiniras Hashem hi chachma. So he quotes a pasuk from Eov. Indeed, yiras Hashem is chachma, is wisdom. And the chachamim say, hein achas. The word hein, which we just translated as indeed or so it is, the chachamim say that the word means one. Because in Greek, the word achas is hein. 
So therefore, it means this, if you plug that back into the Pasuk, that there is one thing, which is Yeras Hashem, wisdom, or one thing, sorry, one thing that is wisdom, that is Yeras Hashem. The one thing which is wisdom is Yeras Hashem. Hare shehayira hi chachma, vihi levada chachma. That Yeras Shemaim is wisdom and it alone is true wisdom. Uvadai she'en nikra chachma ma she'en bo iyun. So therefore, we all know, we wouldn't call something a chachma if it doesn't need any special introspection and contemplation and analysis. If we're calling it chachma, that means it takes intellectual effort and involvement of the whole person. It's a chachma. So like he was saying last week, all of us just take this for granted. We know it's important. Avas Hashem, Yeras Hashem, Amuna, we would all say it's important, but to really delve into it, we're not so prepared to do that. We're doing other things. But if it's Chachma, if it's wisdom, it must take a lot of effort. The truth is that it takes a great deal of effort, intellectual, mental effort, when it comes to these things, and to know these well. And not just to imagine that we know it well. And then all the more so to actually acquire them and attain them, which of course is the objective. Because even the mental effort of analyzing and thinking and talking about it, that's very important, but it's meant to carry you through all the way into our personality. And when we look into this carefully, we will see that true piety is not about the things that most, most people, he calls them simple people, think that they're about. But they truly acquire true shlemus and real wisdom. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu taught us when he said, now this pasuk is going to be very crucial here, because it mentions five things. They all have to do with Avodas Hashem. And it's on these five things that the Ramchal will break them down into a few more categories. And this Sefer is built on all of those categories. But he starts with the five that are mentioned in the Torah by Moshe Rabbeinu. Vato Yisrael. And now Yisrael, Jewish people. What is it that God asks of you? Ki'im, but only, to fear God, that's one. To walk in His ways, that's two. To love Him, that's three. And to serve Hashem your God, with all your heart, and with all of your soul. 
That's for Lishmor es mitzvos Hashem ve'eschu kosav and to guard and keep Hashem's mitzvos and his laws. Kan kolal. Here the Torah includes kol chelke shlemus ha'avoda. All facets of true and complete avoda. Hanertzeis lishmo yisborach, which is that which Hashem desires. Vehem, and they are, now he lists them more briefly. Hayura, Hahalicha Bidurachav, Ha'ahava, Shlemus Halev, Ushmiras Kolha Mitzvahs. So, Yura, like we said last week, that is anywhere between basic fear all the way up to awe. Going in his ways, we'll, we will learn about these shortly. Ahava, love. Shlemus Halev, a full heartedness in Avodas Hashem and keeping and guarding all of the mitzvahs. Now the Ramchal is going to talk about each one of these categories. Hayurahi. What is true Yura? Yiras Ramamusa Yisbarach. What we would call awe. A fear of God's awesome greatness, His Ramamusa's lofty nature, lofty of course is complete, completely an understatement. To be in awe of God like one is in awe of a powerful ruler. Now we said last week that that word does not come across well in English to be embarrassed right, or ashamed of each movement that he makes before God. It really is talking about self-awareness and about how small we are relative to God's greatness. That's what he means by the word to be embarrassed in front of God, not with the guilt connotation, but just with the smallness of our being. Certainly all the more so when we speak to God in our davening or when we're involved in his holy Torah, that we grasp how small we are. So that's Yura, very briefly, that's Yura. Halicha bidurachav, going in his ways. What does that refer to? Kol inyan yosher hamidos vitikuna. The entire matter of upright midos and correcting them. Vahuma rachum af rachum, etc., just as he is compassionate, so should you be compassionate. And the general rule is for a person to conduct himself in all of their ways, midos and actions, according to that which is upright. And the Chachamim included this in a Mishnah in Avos. Kol shehi tiferes la'oseha, the tiferes lo mina adam. All that is beautiful for the one who does it, himself or herself, and beautiful to that person from others. So tiferes la'oseha, the one who does it, has a sense of the beauty and the importance of what we're doing and also the way it appears in the eyes of others, Tiferes lo min ha'adam. That's Yashu's hamidos, right? upright character traits. 
Dahainu kol haholech el tachli sahatovo haamitis. Anything that is directed toward true goodness, Dahainu, Shetoladita Chizukat Torah, which means the strengthening of Torah, Vitikun Achvas Hamedinos, and also brotherliness amongst people, a feeling of closeness amongst mankind. So Chizukat Torah, strengthening Torah and strengthening relationships between people. That's the idea of Tikkun Hamidos, what they lead to. Th- third is Ho'ava, love of Hashem. That one is meant to establish firmly in one's heart love of God. To the point that a person is awakened inside of themselves to do nachas ruach, things that will bring Hashem nachas. So taking a human example, as the Torah often does, because that's where we learn things from in a much more tangible way, the way a person is motivated to do something that will bring, bring joy and nachas to their parents, to their father or to their mother, or even to expand on it to a close friend, a sibling, a child. Well, what we are feeling then is that we would like to do something that makes that person feel good, to give them nachas. So that's the idea of loving Hashem, is that we really want to do something that will bring Hashem nachas, kiviyochol. The yitzto'er, and then to be bothered, even pained. Im If we see that we're lacking this in ourselves, or we see that it's lacking in others, and to be zealous about this. And to be very happy when you're able to accomplish something along these lines. Now the Ramchal elaborates on all of these short paragraphs um, in a very lengthy fashion over the course of Mesila Sishorim. And here he's just referring to them in brief. And what he talks about later on in the Sefer is that the idea that a person is moved to do something Laman Hashem. And I, I think that it's very difficult to accomplish that in a way which is pure, which he also mentions later. Because so many other things get tied into it, which is ego and power and competition and jealousy and hatred, all the bad meadows get wrapped up in it to the point where we are suspicious if somebody says they're doing something Laman Hashem for good reasons because we see how Kano'us, which is what the Ramchal points out here can go wrong if it's taken to the extreme we see what happens on the other hand it's a meadow that we must have inside of ourselves a kanaus in the right way, in a good way, where we really feel like we want to do something, Laman Hashem, for our love of God. It's hard to do that in a pure way. But it can't be an excuse for us to say, I'm not going to do those things. Because look at the people who do that, they get overzealous, they get violent, they hurt other people, 
That's true. But it's not an excuse for us not to do it in the right way. And I think that's a big avoda for us in our times because it's hard to come by, that kind of a pure heart. And I think one way to measure it is that are we creating a situation which is better, not one which is worse. And you, I think you can measure kanaos oftentimes by did it create more harm than good or more good than harm? And I think that's the scale that I would look at it on. Is it creating good amongst people? Laman Hashem. The other thing is, where is it emanating from? So the Ramchal is very clear here that that has to emanate from Ahava. It comes from love. And I believe that Kana'us that comes from love is a very different kind of kanaus than the one that comes from anger and hatred. Very different. Now we see out there in the world, you know, what happens to people who do things for the sake of God, I'm talking about in other uh, religions in the extreme form, and very violent. And you, just, you can tell that's about hatred and anger. And what we're after is doing things, the man Hashem, that are Ahava-based. And that's where we have to search our heart. Right? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from Ahava, or is it coming from anger, or even Chas Vishal, hatred? And that's the Ramchal's inclusion of Kana'us in Ahava. Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't you think it goes in Yura? Like Kana'us should go, Yura Shemayim, Yura Shemayim. He doesn't categorize kanos in Yura. He categorizes it in Ahava. So that's where it has to be rooted. I think the greatest example of that in modern time is the Satma Rebbe, Sechut Sadik Vibrafa. He was a very strong kanoi. Previous couple of Satma Rebbe's, Rebbe right? A great, great man, a Godal Torah, Holocaust survivor, lost so many people, rebuilt that Hasidus here in America, he was really a kanoi on many subjects. Very strong person, strong opinions. He was also the warmest Jew that you could, you know, you could meet. I never met him personally, but hearing of people who met him, seeing the kind of pictures of his beautiful Hadras Panim, it's a place that a face that's full of simcha and yura and ahava, not harsh. And people who knew him always felt this, that the kanaus was emanating from Ahava. Even those who disagreed with him strongly, there was no dispute on the fact that the Satma Rebbe had Avas Yisrael in a very, very deep way. So it's coming from there, right, that, has, that means something, that has kiyum. If it's coming from somewhere else, that's not a good thing. Yeah, please, Kelly. Sure. So let's say, in, in English we're using the word to be zealous, you know, for, for God. That's the English word. Sometimes even jealous for God in a good way. So you see something happening, let's say, in, in our society that you know is not good. And you feel like, well, I, I want to do something about this to try and do something you know, Laman Hashem. God does not like. 
if we'll, let's say, choose a, a general example that we can all relate to, right? people who don't speak well of other people, Lashon Hara. So when we hear it, we know it, we recognize it, we would say, you know, we'd really like to do something about that. So that happens to be a topic, mainly because of the Chavetz Chaim and his efforts that became very strongly taught and learned, which it needs to be, into our own day as well. And I think, not that in any way I, I would presume to grasp the Chavetz Chaim, but he saw a hundred years ago where Lashon Hara goes, where it leads to, and he decided, I'm going to do something about this. And he wrote a sefer all about it. People learn it. And he was not an, an angry you know, person by any stretch of the imagination. People who saw him, and we still have people who knew him. I, I met people in my life who met the Chavetz Chaim. They said that he always had a smile on his face. A very warm, warm, kind person. So he decided to do something about it. He wrote a sefer. That sefer grew, and it's um, spreading out in Kala Yisrael. That's one way to do something. You might choose to write an article. Right? You see something that is going on around us that's not good. Maybe you can write an article. Or maybe you decide um, the public, the public um, article or book that's not really my realm but amongst myself and my family and a few friends, we like to try and do something about this. We will you know, try and be more careful about our speech. Or let's say, for example, you feel people are not giving enough tzedakah. Not that you'd ever know what somebody is capable of or not. You never know what, other, what people can and cannot do. But I'll just use that for an example. So one could say, I'd like to start a little campaign you know, amongst the people who I know and we'll choose an organization, and we want to do something, Laman Hashem, for the sake of the mitzvah of tzedakah. So those kinds of things would be considered kanos. Now, when, on the other side, where you start to reprimand people who are not doing it, to me, that's where it gets dangerous. That's where it gets dangerous. It, it, it works very well when it comes in an ava way, and it's spread in an ava way, once we start to give other people musr for what they're doing, that usually does not go over well. And it also has to come from a very great person. A very great person can take that upon themselves to correct Klal Yisrael where it needs to be corrected. If other people start to do that who are not such great people, that, that usually ends up going in the wrong direction. Sure. <laughs> Okay, next one. Shleimus halev. Fullness of heart. Completeness of heart. Who? That our avodas Hashem would be with pure thought. For the sake of his avoda, and not for the sake of something else. So Shleimus Halev the Ramchal understands to mean purity of heart, purity of intention. And we're talking about things that are a lifetime you know, of work. 
It's not like we read it in the paragraph and say, okay, we'll do that, right? We'll start to work on it. And it is included in this that our heart is whole in our avoda. That's a quote from Eliyahu Hanavi. Not like a person who is walking on two paths or on two branches at the same time. Or mechanical rote avodas Hashem. But for all of one's heart to be in it. So he points out two things. One is trying to have in mind internally what we're doing this for, why we're doing this mitzvah for the sake of God, not for the sake of kavod or other types of motivations. That's one. And the second thing, I'm sorry, and part of that is walking on two roads at the same time. That's like one foot in the door, one foot out the door. We're, we're in it and we're not really in it. That's an expression of struggling with shleimus halev. And then the third part of that is when it's mechanical. It's rote. Because then there's no heart in it at all. And maybe we're thinking the thoughts that are okay, but we're simply not in it emotionally. So he brings both of those. A mashal that I once said over in Shul regarding Eliyahu Hanavi's Musr to Klai Yisrael, how long will you walk on two branches, on two paths at the same time? He was talking to them about Avodah Zorah. And he said, either serve God, you know, or you know, you're either in or you're out. You can't be part of Avodah Zorah and part of Avodah Sashem. So either you're in or you're out. So I was thinking one day about the hot air balloons. So you see them sometime and you know, they're tethered down to the ground with men, all different ropes around it. And then when it's about to be released, the people have to undo all of those tethers and then it rises up. So let's say that there's 10 and you release nine of them. Are you going up? Not. Right. One tether will hold it down. Just one rope that's holding down that balloon, that will, that will do it. You've got you to take all of them, have to untie all of them in order for that balloon to rise. So I think that's what we're talking about here. Our Avodah Hashem is very tied down to other motivations, ulterior motives, lack of emotion, lack of involvement. And the Ramchal says for it to be shleimus halev, that means to release all of the tethers that hold us, hold us down. Once again, I'm not saying this is something we can get up from here and do that right away, but just a mushal to have in mind about the things that hold us down. And I'll just speak for myself that I think many of them are self-imposed. Just talking about that with my wife yesterday, about when I feel like I'm being held back by something, I can't do something, and resistance, it usually is resistance from within. It's me. I, may, I might say it's the situation, oh, it's that, you know, I'm nervous about that, I'm concerned about that, I'm afraid about that, and all those things are true. 
They're true. And they're true enough that you can actually blame it on them. They really are true. But ultimately, it comes back down to me. Is that truly an obstacle in front of me? Or is it my own internal lack of drive to follow through with that, of dedication to follow through with that, of MS to follow through with that. And I can usually trace it back to myself, that those things that are holding us down are are self-imposed. With a lot of reflection, I think that will often come to that. Granted, that there are situations in life that situationally hold us back. You know, Anus Rahmana Patre, if you're in a situation and you're a victim of circumstances, there's nothing you can do about it, so, so it is. Uh, that's, that's part of everybody's life. But I, I think upon reflection you know, over, the, over the years that many things are really brought, of those things, limitations, um, resistance is coming from within. That's what I experience myself. So Shlemus Halev, you know, to really be able to be set free and just that feeling inside of yourself or that motivation that we long to be free from ourselves. And that's what Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is, which we are learning about in these parshas and Bo, B'Shalach, Yisra. That's Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, our own personal Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So some personal reflections on that. Bezras Hashem, we should all be Zoha to release ourselves and to experience true Khairus Hashem. It requires a siyata dishmaya. And then the last one is Shmiras Kol Hamitzvos Kamashma'o. Just as it sounds, keeping the mitzvos. The Hainu Shmiras Kol Hamitzvos Kulan Usano Keeping, guarding all the mitzvos in all of their conditions and in all of their details. That's just one line, right? It's easy one, right? Just one line. Just keep all the mitzvahs, right? No problem. Those are the five things that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, delineates in the Torah. V'hine kol eila kololim srichim perush All of these principles require a very great explanation. Umatsasi l'chachameinu zal. And the Ramchal says, like a personal comment, and I found in the words of the Chachamim, Shakolalu hachalaki mo'ela b'seder v'chiluk acher yoser parati, that they included all of these things, which the Torah wrote, in a different seder, different words, and more specific, u'mesudor l'fi ha'hadraga ha'mitzareches bohem, and they're arranged by a certain structure which is necessary for them, liknos osam al-nachon, to truly acquire them. Now he's not saying, has that the Chachamim replaced the words of the Torah. He's saying the Chachamim made more specific these words of the Torah. So five categories that the Ramchal just taught us, coming from a Pasuk from Moshe Rabbeinu, and he says, you know what, there's a chazal which really elaborates on these five in a more elaborate fashion. As it says in the b'raisa, <coughs> which was brought 
in a few different places in the Gomorrah. One of them is in the Gomorrah of Odazorah. Zel Lishon, and now he's quoting the Gomorrah. Mikan Omar Rebbe Pinchas ben Yoyer. From here, Rebbe Pinchas ben Yoyer said, now here's the ladder, all right, the famous ladder of Rebbe Pinchas ben Yoyer, upon which the Mesilas Yeshorim is built. This book is built on these steps. Torah Mevia Lide Zahirus. Torah leads to carefulness. Zahirus Mevia Lide Zerizus. Carefulness leads to Zerizus, which is motivation, alacrity. Zerizus Mevia Lide Nikius. Zerizus brings to Nikius literally cleanliness, but it's not a really good translation. He's not talking about hygiene here. He's talking about doing things in a way which are clear and straight. Nikius Mevia Lide Precious. Nikius brings to Precious, which is um, the ability of a person to separate themselves from those things in the world which are preventing their Avodas Hashem in a stronger fashion than Zahirus, which was mentioned before. Precious Mevia Lide Tahara. Precious brings to Tahara. Literally purity, but that's not the right word either. Tahara mevia lide chasidus. Tahara brings to chasidus piety. Chasidus mevia lide anava. Chasidus leads to humility. Anava mevia lide yiraschei. Anava brings one to yiraschei. Now you're thinking, what, what about, hold on a second, yiraschei does like seven or eight lines. You know, doesn't zahirus require yiraschei? Well, it does, but that's what he teaches in the book. Yiraschet mevia lide kedusha. Yiraschet brings to holiness. Kedusha mevia lide ruach hakodesh. Kedusha brings us to ruach hakodesh. Ruach hakodesh mevia lide tchias hamesim, which brings us to tchias hamesim. So those are the easy steps of the Ramchal <laughs> to acquire ruach hakodesh and bring to tchias hamesim, and that's what Mesiyas Sharm is about. Yeah, directly. You got it. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible, right? So when we say Navi, right, your Miyoha Navi, when we say that word, just as Dory said, <coughs> that means, by definition, they did all this uh, in ways that we can't even imagine. But this is what, in a certain way, this is where they started. Right? When, you're, when you become a Navi, a person becomes a Navi, so they cross that threshold of great spiritual accomplishment. Okay, now they're at step one of Nevuah, and they continue to grow you know, in their great way, but it's all built upon this premise. And the same thing with people who are great, Ba'alei Ruach HaKodesh, even though we don't have Nevuah anymore from the time the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, but Ruach HaKodesh is present in every generation, so our Chachamim say, and those people who are Zoha to that also have attained these great things. Please, Dory. Yes. Sure. Oh, sure. The Ramchal mentions that in the Derech Hashem that the veteran prophets would teach the younger students, and they taught them all of these things about Kedusha and Tahara and what it takes for a person to really connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in such a deep way.
Yes, please. Debbie. Yeah, that was a personal comment. That wasn't from the Ram Paul, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, with young families, decided every Friday night we get together 20 minutes in a pilgrim fashion. Just for a few minutes, we read, um, someone takes a turn, not everyone, I won't, some <laughs> people do. Um, they read a chapter in Rabbi uh, Tversky's, uh, one of his farm that had mm-hmm. Rabbi Dr. Tversky mm-hmm. about, you know, doing, going past yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, Rachel Newberger was doing the one with um, about uh, when you say you can't do something and you you know you feel you can't, it's your Yetzirah holding you back and you you gotta find it. Is that is that right? Is that am I saying it right? Y- yes. But it's sort of like I, I was saying that I was saying that, okay. but but I, I want to qualify you too. Okay. And and I'm glad you're bringing this out because I don't subscribe to the idea <coughs> that. Whatever you want to accomplish in life, you can. I don't think that's true. You can be whatever you want to be. I don't think that's true. We say it a lot, but it's not true. No, it's up to Hashem what we ultimately will be. We can try to become and really put forth effort to become the great people. That we can do. That we must do. What we actually become is not in our hands. That's in Hashem's hands. He may grant it and He may not grant it. He may say, yes, you can become that. You're on the right track. He may say, sorry, you're not becoming that. And no matter how hard we try, we're not going to. So that, that concept, which I think we teach a lot in our schools, it needs some tempering. Because it can lead to a lot of frustration. It can also be somewhat grandiose, you know, as well. About just, you can be whatever you want to be. You know, they write songs about these things, right? <laughs> but, you know, right. And why, we have to have a little more uh, humility when it comes to that. We can strive to be. We must strive to be. But then we have to see what does Hashem allow us to be. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's a good way yeah. to describe it. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, yeah. I am very surprised at everything written doesn't start with keeping halakha. Like, why do you start with, listen, start with the rules, from there, like, to me, am I right? It's like, sort of... He really does. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does, because the Hirus and Zerizus, the very first two chapters, okay. are about that. Okay. They're really about keeping halakha, doing what you're supposed to do, not doing what you're not supposed to do, the first two parakim are very much about keeping halacha and upright behavior in a basic way. And then from there he goes to deeper and deeper ways to be mekayim and things. Yeah. I've seen people who say, well, I'm a good Jew, I have a good heart, I do good things, but you know, I don't, they, don't, you know, they don't bother with certain halachas because they're a good Jew. So then that, you know, when they say they're spiritual, and I, you know, we once discussed it actually a while ago, and we're like, you know, but you don't even bother keeping Shabbos up. You know, that's right. hard to, you know. Right. 
And we, and we know what, what, what they're saying, you know, about a good heart and about being spiritual, and those things are important, you know, it's true. But if, if it does not become expressed through ma'aseha mitzvahs, you know, it, it will ultimately always fall short. We're not able to actualize our own ruchnias without mitzvahs. It's not possible. And we know that because we have a Torah. Hashem, if you really want to do this, here's the Torah. This is what you got to do. Put another hand up. Yes, sir, please. Yeah. Thanks, Abby. I'd just like to follow up a little bit about what you, what you were talking please. about first. And what please. You were, um, There's such a danger with what has crept into a lot of our inspirational writings, I will call them, right. um, from, it's not even new age, but from magical thinking that there's some kind of mystical law of attraction out there, and that if we're just always positive, um, good things will happen to us. And it's like it's that, that, that lie that, that like fits in there, and along with the truth that makes it seem like, oh, this is, this is authentic Yiddishkeit, and it's so not. And um, I guess I just needed to express it again, and it's such a fine line uh, in many occasions between, yes, it's important to, to think positively. It's important to strive to overcome your limitations. But as you said, without Hashem in this picture and without the halakha, it's, it's false. Absolutely. Right. And I, I guess people can just remember, is this magical thinking? Do I think if I do X, Y, and Z, my life is suddenly transformed? Um, then it's, that's not true. The Torah is MS. Yes. The Torah is not magic. Right, right. Right, it's MS. And, and MS comes in many different forms in our life. Sometimes it's pleasant and beautiful and uplifting. Sometimes it's painful and serious. And MS happens in our life in all different kinds of ways. Torah's MS, it includes the whole thing. I, I believe that in the chart of the spheros that we've talked about before, the Mida of Tiferes, which is considered a combination and a harmony of different Midas together, it corresponds to the Mida of MS. And people think about MS as this, but the idea that it's corresponding to Tiferes is that MS is very broad, and it has all of those shades of authentic experience within it across the spectrum. That's MS. Now, soaring high is a facet of MS. Falling low is a facet of MS. It's all MS. And I think the magical thinking phrase that you're using is good because we have to know what to avoid in our life. And this will take one more paragraph, then we'll finish this off. So, uh, top of page 14. According to this b'raisa from Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair, I have concluded to write this composition. To teach myself, and to remind others, 
Tanoi ha'avodo ha'ashlema lamadrego sehem, the conditions of avodos Hashem and all their various forms. Va'avair b'chol echad mehem inyana b'chalakav opratav. I will explain the nature of the Mida, its categories, and its details. Haderech liknos oso, the way in which to acquire it. Umahe masidav, and what are the deterrents in, against acquiring it? Vahaderech lishomer mehem, and how can we guard ourselves from the deterrents? Ki ekra boani when I read in it myself, and anything who will find nachas in it, anyone who will find nachas in it, in order for learning to serve Hashem with yura, not to forget our obligation to Hashem. Which he says in this sefer many times, we mentioned it last week, that our very nature in and of itself will force us, if we're not careful, to forget these precepts. But if we do nothing, we'll forget. Our nature will overcome us. It will, it will become the driver. In order not to let that happen, we have to constantly be on top of it. Awareness, learning, study, teaching, doing. Hakriya, learning, vahahistaklus, and paying attention, ya'ale al-zichronenu. We have to bring that up onto our awareness. V'yi'irenu el ha-mitzuva elenu, so it will awaken us to that which we are commanded by Hashem to do. V'ashem yihiyeh b'chislenu, may Hashem guard us even in our stumbling. V'yishmor, or our foolishness. And may he guard our feet from stumbling. Beautiful description of David HaMelech. And may it be fulfilled in us the prayer of the beloved singer of Hashem. Hashem Please Hashem, show me your path. May I walk in your truth. Yachid levavi, unite my heart, liyirashemecha, to be in fear or awe of your name, amen, ken yehi ratzam. Alright, so Bezras Hashem, that finishes up the Hakdama. Now, so we're not going to be able to learn the book in eight weeks, right, <laughs> as you can see. I'm, I'm going to choose one chapter from the book, which is the chapter on Hasidus, and I'm going to take a whole section of that which we'll learn together over the course of the next several weeks. I was thinking about starting from the beginning, but what happens is everybody learns the beginning of Mesilus Desharim, right? But then you don't get any further because whatever reason. So I'm going to start kind of middle toward the end, and even though it's all one step built on another, there's something in every parak that you can gain, even if we have not yet accomplished that which was in the earlier parak and which we haven't but we can still get something from it. Have a great day, everybody. Mirror, please.